0: You may have people on your staff or people that you're considering hiring that are not the same person today that they were yesterday, or they're not going to be the same person a year from now that they are today. And how, as as releaders, we're not just releading organizations; that there are times that we are called to relead people. Yeah. Um, in fact, I would say that all the time we're called to relead people. Hey, what's going on, my releader community? It's great to have you today. I'm so excited about today's episode because I've got two guests. I think this is the first time I've ever had two guests on my episode, and I can't wait for you to hear from both of these guys. Uh, one of them, first off, is just one of my closest friends, uh, Brent Evans. Uh, the let me say, Doctor Bishop. There's no, Doctor Bishop.
1: <laughs> Bishop, I can go with Reverend. I can, I can use. Okay, Reverend,
0: Sir, Sir. Brent Evans. Brent Evans is the president of. Uh, is it CEO or president?
1: CEO. So Jimmy Evans is the founder, president. Brent Evans is I'm the CEO. I'm messing this
0: up right from the get go. It's just how we do it. But the CEO of of EXO uh, Marriage and does a phenomenal job. And we're in your studio today. But by the way, and it's amazing. It's beautiful.
1: Thank you very much. Excited to be Honored. here. that you're here.
0: Um, and also a guest that we've never had on today, Doctor Jonathan Murphy. Uh, Jonathan Murphy is uh, a friend of mine that we have so much in common, and I can't wait to chop it up with him. But uh, Dr. Murphy is uh, the department chair of the Pastor Ministries Program at Dallas Theological Seminary. And one of the reasons I, I love chatting with you, Jonathan, is because we have so many similarities now. We don't have the same accent.
2: That's right.
0: You have a Scottish accent, is that
2: right? Scotch-Irish, yeah. Scotch-Irish. It's actually from Northern Ireland, but most people think it's a Scottish accent.
0: Well, that's how Hold I get on, Hold on. do I you ever know, get tired of that idea? question? Uh,
2: no, because <laughs> I…
0: Yes, he paused.
2: No, I, I. it's way more similar to Scottish than Irish.
1: Yeah. But did you just ever get tired of the accent question? Because uh, everything I ever… It's like <laughs> Dan Leanne, who's on our team, he's from uh, Australia. And he always, you know, that's one of the main features of of communication with him or conversation is, yeah. hey, what accent do you have? Is that
2: what I get tired of is the people who try to imitate me, <laughs> and then expect me to sort of give them a thumbs up. Hey, that was the best.
0: Yeah, I'm not trying accent. That.
2: Yeah, so well, it'd be fun. Yeah, I'm but...
0: not trying that. <laughs> that gets tiring. We chopped it up. We went for coffee. We were trying to remember if it's been four years ago when I first got here to become the president of TKU. So, um, John, okay, I'm gonna call you Jonathan on this show, if that's okay. Yeah, but Jonathan, um, our daughters go to school together, so they're friends. And Brent, Brent's daughter, we all have daughters exact exact same age at the same school. But you have a higher ed, obviously, background. Um, but you also are involved in the local church. You're mm-hmm. teaching pastor at Christ Chapel in Christ Chapel. Yeah, that's right. In in Fort Worth. So I just love that element. You know, a lot of times you either get one of you one of one of either you get yeah somebody that's all academia, uh, very little practical ministry, or you get somebody with practical ministry but have no theology. So yeah. I just appreciate that about you. Well, so pleasure. thanks for coming on the show today. My um, pleasure. I'm excited to have you on, and we're going to talk about wherever the the conversation talks takes us. But I, one of the, the areas that we really do want to talk about. Is a whole nother element to releading. Um, a lot of the content that we've presented and and talked about, shared about, whether it's on the website or on the podcast, is really about the concept of releading organizations, of culture, values, staff, um, all the different elements that come with releading. But uh, Jonathan wrote a book about Barnabas that is just pretty powerful. That it, it's not a book about releading, but there's so many elements to it that I want us to talk about it today. Uh, and it's, it's this book. It's called Authentic Influencer. Um, you can get this anywhere books are sold. But Jonathan, just quickly give us kind of an overview of it. And then I want to kind of chop it up in a releader leader format.
2: Yeah. Well, so Barnabas, member of the early church. Yeah. And as I studied his life uh, over the years, I did some of my master's thesis on him and mm-hmm. that sort of, sort of whet my appetite for him. Uh, what I came to see was this guy, every time he pops up, which isn't that often, he makes a massive impact Mm. to to those around him. And so the book essentially is an attempt to use him as a role model for every believer, but Mm. certainly ministry leaders, on how to lead and influence society for Christ, which is obviously very necessary today. So I think he provides a very reachable, doable, accessible form of leadership that, that we can all strive for and that has huge impacts. On, yeah. on those around us. So.
0: Yeah, not like you said, not mentioned very much. But when he is, the impact is so big that you have to take notice.
2: Absolutely, yeah. and we can talk about that there yeah. if you want because it's it's so impacting.
0: I'd love to. Yeah. And and Brent, I know you even brought this book to my attention. And so you know, what elements of it would you speak to? You you brought
1: this to my attention. Listen, I, you, got, you got theologian. <laughs> Theologian, marketing guy. I am not guy, a theologian. So I am I'm a university I'm not administrator. Dip my toe into the you know, the waters <laughs> big of big difference of administrator the, versus theologian. The <laughs> early church and Barnabas and, and trip up there. But what I, what mm-hmm. I will say is what I love about Jonathan is he is he is so humble and he kind of falls into the same camp as like you where y'all don't promote yourselves on social media. So some sometimes I feel I tell Jonathan sometimes he's one of the best kept secrets out there in All terms right. of his preaching style because when he's at Christ Chapel. Shout out to Keith Chatham, one of our board members who goes to Christ Chapel. We always tell me Jonathan's one of my favorite speakers there. Mm -hmm. And you know, it took a while. I don't know that if he wasn't at Faith, his you know kids weren't at the same school, um, that I would even know about him because he's not just plastered all over social media. But when you encounter his content, you realize it is it is not microwaved. It's been in the oven for a while. Mm. And so the story about Barnabas when he outlaid it to me, and I told him, I was like listen, Barnabas lost in the name category. <laughs> if he had a cool name, we'd all be talking about him. And you know, th- it's just one of those things where you don't feel really uh, a sense of excitement when you're talking about Barnabas. But what I love about what Jonathan's done is he's put a really great new spin, fresh spin on Barnabas' life that can apply to today. So, what mm-hmm. I what I told Jonathan is I, I gave him kudos. I thought the, the title of the book was fantastic because it Influencer is a word we throw around all the time now, mm-hmm. and to be an authentic influencer and take a story from the Bible to do that yeah. to to expose the world to this life that made a huge impact but could be applied to current day uh, you know what we're living through today yeah. I think it's very great it's powerful and great so you know uh, this book's been out for a few months and you know had the honor to read it before it came out but but I truly believe the message was was built from a standpoint of he really does truly jonathan does believe that this story can change lives
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome so so i really do want to get to the to the meat of it um, for our, for our viewers and listeners to talk about the concept you know every one of our i say everyone the vast majority of our followership are re-leaders or they probably wouldn't be watching this um, which means they're 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 leading something that somebody has came before them and done mm-hmm. But I love this concept that I want to dig into and it's for our listeners to think about it in this context that you may have people on your staff or people that you're considering hiring that are not the same person today that they were yesterday or they're not going to be the same person a year from now that they are today. And how as as re-leaders, we're not just re-leading organizations, that there are times that we are called to re-lead people. Um, In fact, I would say that all the time, we're called to relead people. Now, if, if someone's toxic and abusive, and that's a whole different story to your organization. But so, let's talk about Barnabas, Jonathan. Unpack a little bit about ways that you see him as a releader, and and those those moments throughout his life that he relid, either organizations. I know Antioch is one of those, yeah. or people.
2: Yeah. Well, let, let's let's start with Antioch. You know, yeah. he, he he doesn't pop into the Book of Acts that often, yeah. but certainly one in which he begins to get more attention is when he gets to Antioch so this church is birthed in Antioch we read about it in Acts 11 and the church in Jerusalem needs to send somebody up there to check it out to see see what's going on there is it legit who are these people and so they pick uh, Barnabas so he's Mm -hmm. their choice pick to go up there and he does he goes up to a church that he didn't plant Mm -hmm. that he didn't you know Establish some sort of vision, mission for yep. organized committees. You know, organized Sunday gatherings, etc. He did, did none of that. Yep. But when he arrives, he he sees what God is doing, mm. and then he rolls up his sleeves and begins to help direct them toward where they need to be yeah. uh, to establish them as a as as the church that they end up becoming. Antioch becomes the missionary yes, sending does. church in, in the early church. They yep. they become that church becomes the focus of attention really Mm -hmm. in the rest of the book of acts because of what it does in fulfilling the, the mandate of taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I think Barnabas is central to that. He, he encourages them and then he, he, it says in the text that he, he spent a full year teaching them. So he, he instructs them, Mm -hmm. not just in the way of the Lord, but, but in how to be a church that's healthy.
0: It's, it's one of the things we talk about in, in several of our episodes and content we've created right. is so many times the re-leader that comes in to take over an organization and relead it. Rarely do you find re-leaders that are famous, that mm. their, their names aren't in lights. you right. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, for lack of a better analogy, there's a car crash and all eyes are on the car crash. And then once the car crash is over, if it's, if it's a, difficult situation. Um, everyone's eyes goes back to the race. Mm. And then there's a crew that comes out to clean up the the wreckage, but no one knows who those guys are. Yeah. You know, and, and Barnabas is kind of in that boat. Like, why wasn't Barnabas more written more about? Yeah. It's an interesting thought yeah. because Antioch really did become the sending church. Yeah. Um, and yet the 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 man who came to relead it was rarely mentioned. I mean, why do you think that is? Do you think there was just so much happening in the book of Acts? and
2: Yeah. And, and Acts, you know, has a, an agenda to try and communicate the the flow of the gospel from Jerusalem to the ends of the earth, mm. primarily through the two men who came to be known in the yep. church, which is Peter and then Paul. Yep. And so that that attention Maybe it takes away from yep. others involved, yep. uh, but you really can't look at the ministry of Paul for too long without seeing right. Barnabas behind it. Yep. You know, so uh, th- that's I think the other side of what would be useful to your to your listeners, you know, and your viewers, uh, as it relates to to re-leading yeah. that the Barnabas comes in and doesn't just bring direction to a church that's just been birthed, but he 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 relaunches the people there in light of their past relationships and brokenness, Mm. you know, sticking to Antioch in Acts 11, when, when Barnabas goes up there and he encourages them and he sort of establishes them, he decides to go to Tarsus Mm. to bring Saul of Tarsus. We still call him Saul in Acts 11 to Antioch yeah, so that, so that, Saul of Tarsus, who had headed home and is twiddling his thumbs, Mm -hmm. wondering what to do with his life, gets his first pulpit and his first platform in Antioch. Now, Mm -hmm. here's where it gets really interesting. That church is birthed, it says, because of the persecutions that were launched as a result of the death of Stephen. Hmm. And in Acts chapter six and seven, Mm -hmm. we see that the guy who supervised the execution of Stephen Saul of Tarsus.
0: That is interesting.
2: So they, these guys planted church. Think about that. Yeah, they planted church in Antioch because, because they're Stephen's running death. from him. Yes. And Barnabas decides, you I'm know who you need him. here? Yeah, Bar- you need Paul.
0: I've never stopped. And so he about brings
2: that. the apostle Paul. Wow. Because he knows that's who they need, not just wow. to learn the scriptures, but to deal with their own brokenness mm. and their own past. Wow. And so, when you pause and and sit in that you begin to see oh my goodness this is a special guy Um, and then he does it all over again in acts 15 with another young pup called john mark yep you know who was on a missionary trip and and he let paul and barnabas down he abandoned them and so when they decide to have another trip Mm. Barnabas says, hey, let's bring John Mark. And Paul Paul's says, we're like, no, oh, no, no, not John guy. Mark. <laughs> I mean, he did come and he let us down. Yeah, so we're not doing that again. And Barnabas essentially wow. he's a better man than me. I, I want to say to Paul, hey, Paul, I remember Saul. Wow. So back off a little bit. Wow. But He doesn't say that. He no. just says, you know what? It's time for me now to take another guy wow. under my wing and relaunch this young man's ministry life. So Barnabas stands behind. Some of these men who become historically well-known men of the faith. Because John Mark writes the Gospel yep, of Mark. Yep. And many believe that the Gospel of Mark is used by Matthew and Luke to write their Gospels. Wow! And of course, Luke wrote Luke and Acts. Wow. So you've got a massive amount of the New Testament. The that Barnabas has, is at the
0: focal point of that's it, right, behind the scenes. Behind the scenes. And that's so great for really just to hear that sometimes it's not about our name being in lights. It's about the impact we can have on the kingdom. Even if, even if, even if people rarely mention us or or know us and I, I've never tied those two things together about Stephen's death, Antioch launching, and then him bringing Saul, the very person that caused them to launch the church of Antioch in a sense. That's, that's perfect. I think the
1: conversation went down. That's amazing. Yeah, well, oh I, my gosh. Yeah.
2: I <laughs> was going to be a prickly conversation, <laughs> right? Hey,
1: guys, listen, I, this is going to be a crazy idea. <laughs> you know that guy that
0: was in charge of killing yeah. uh, our yeah. friends The Stephen? guys we're
1: terrified of that were still like trying to figure out how to get past all that pain. Guess what? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm bringing him in.
0: Which, how good of a re leader was he?
1: Yeah.
2: And you know, he's already done that. That's Acts 11, Antioch. Wow. But he already did that in Jerusalem Mm. with the apostles and Saul in Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9, the most famous chapter, perhaps, in Acts, Mm. is the conversion story of Saul of Tarsus on the way to Damascus. But closer to the end of the chapter, you read that he shows up at the Jerusalem church Mm. to join them. Mm -hmm. And they understandably go, no, no, that's a crazy idea. Who thought of that? This is a trick. They slam the door shut on him. And Barnabas is the one that goes and finds him Wow. and uses his own relational sort of credit and reputation to bring Saul of Tarsus into the Jerusalem church. Mm. And he's accepted and he preaches so effectively that there's a murder plot in his life and he has to escape, yep. which is why he ended up in Tarsus when Barnabas went, when went, went to and found him. him in Acts 11. Wow. So this is something that is at the core of who barnabas is he hmm. he really believes the gospel yeah that the gospel that is it, good that, news for anyone yes. that any life in the hands of god can be turned around wow. and relaunched yeah but it requires a leader yeah somebody a little bit ahead you who can see who, it. who can see it and who can, and
0: draw, who it can draw
2: it out and, and who's willing to say i'm okay with you becoming more important and more well known and more impactful wow. Or influential for the kingdom than me, wow. because this isn't about me.
0: That is so good.
2: So that's why I think he's an authentic influencer.
0: One hundred percent. Right.
2: The influencer is a buzzword, as as Brent yep. said.
0: Influencer wants to be the person that everyone's eyes are right. on, but an authentic leader is, is one who says. Uh, an authentic influencer is one who says, "I just want the kingdom to advance, right. even if my name's not in it. I, I,
2: I want to be your piggyback. That's so I want to help you become all that God has." potentially designed for you to become. Wow. And that to me takes, you know, a Christ-like heart. Yeah. Right. That's somebody who understood the gospel. Wow. And who lives in it every day. And one of the principles I try and draw out that I think applies to this is, is Barnabas saw legacy, hmm. not, not as what's left after you, but as who's left after yeah. you. Who, who have you poured yourself into and what have they become? Yeah. That's, that's the measure of of my devotion and ministry and service to the Lord. Remind me his age
1: yeah. in comparison to most in that time period.
2: Yeah, we don't know. Brent, you know, it's quite interesting because there's a little incident in Acts 14 where Barnabas and Paul show up at a little backwater town called Lystra. Mm-hmm. And it's a pagan town. <laughs> and there's a temple there to Zeus. Mm-hmm. And when Barnabas and Paul show up, and by that point, Barnabas is allowing Paul to take the lead in this trip. So he's the one who speaks and, and sort of uh, preaches, etc. Well, Barnabas uh, or Paul heals uh, a guy who's crippled. And because of that miracle, the people of that town decide, oh, the gods have come down. Right, yeah. We're going to worship gonna these guys. Worship, I mean, yeah. uh, and the one that they call Zeus is not Paul. It's, it's Barnabas. Mm. So in their mindset, they see Barnabas as the leader of this group mm. and p- presumably the older figurehead. So okay. we, we would say probably a, maybe a couple of decades older than, than Paul. He, he might be in his 50s, 60s. Paul might be in his 30s, mm. 40s. And because, because he kind of exits yeah. Acts halfway through the book we never hear of him again. Hmm. We really don't know what happened to him. You know, there's there's a couple of, you know, accounts about maybe he was martyred here or hmm. maybe he was martyred there, but the scriptures really are silent yeah. on him. So we think he was older than Paul, probably fifties, sixties, but we don't we really don't know.
1: It's mm, hmm. interesting.
2: Yeah. So
0: so I wanna circle back real quick to talk about this this idea of how Barnabas um was such a re leader that he saw something in people that may not they may not have lived up to or the perception of it. So, so to get real practical, so Brent as a CEO of a of a great organization and as a theologian, we can we can look in both the marketplace and what scriptures may may say. How does a leader know? Because you can also think, well, you know let's just give them the promotion, I know they're a terrible leader, or they you know, just got out of prison, but let's give them a chance. Right. And then something bad ends up, but we promote yeah. people or we hire people we shouldn't have hired, yeah. because we didn't see warning signs that were there all along. So you can swing that pendulum too far either way. Yeah. Right. You could give no grace to somebody who hasn't led led yet, um, or you can promote somebody who should have never been promoted or sh- you shouldn't have hired them because they're not healthy. What is it? Do you think are there practical things that Barnabas saw in Paul? Because think about it: at the time he went to Ant- he, he went to bring him to Antioch from Tarsus, um, he had had the Damascus Road yeah. experience, right? The scales had fallen from his eyes, and he was a changed man. He wasn't the leader or the speaker or whatever it is that he was going to become that we would know yeah. him later as Paul. But there was something in him; something had happened that that Barnabas saw. Okay, wherever that threshold is, he has met the threshold to where now I want to take a chance on him. Do you guys think there's things we can look for, whether they're character issues or um, what is it that gave Barnabas the confidence? Or maybe the Lord just told him. We don't know exactly, Yeah, but you guys have thoughts on- on... So I have a few. Because I want our listeners to be like, okay, practically speaking- well, we, may, we may have a listener that's got somebody on staff or they're thinking about hiring somebody yeah. and they're thinking about hiring them, they're thinking about promoting them. What do they need to look for? What are some of those?
2: Yeah. So um, you know, one of the things I say about Barnabas is that he doesn't tell us how to lead. He just shows us exactly. how to lead. So we exactly. see it modeled yep. as opposed to sort of uh, principles List, laid yeah. out. Here's what Six I need to do. Six things to do. Or yeah, not find do. this and yeah. he's, that's yeah. your guide. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things I would say in Acts 9. When he when the church rejects Saul and mm-hmm. Barnabas brings him, mm-hmm. it, it says that Barnabas told them all that the Lord had done for him. So mm. I, I've got to assume that that Barnabas does his homework. You yep. must do your That's homework. That's good. That's really good. You know he he must he must have asked. Yep. He must have
0: interviewed some set people, up a, heard yeah. some stories. I don't
2: know if he drives up to. Damascus yep. in some sort of chariot and Getting says, hey Cadillac guys, and how did there. this guy get on here? Because this is yeah. where he was. Yeah. Uh, I assume that he does do the risky thing, which is he sets up an appointment to chat with mm. with Saul, Yeah. Yep. Uh, so whatever you know lattes they drank over there <laughs> they sip on them in jerusalem main street for a while yep. and he listens yeah he listens to this guy's heart he has yeah, to that's good because he's the one who who then reports what god has done in in Saul's mm. life so he, he
0: knew he the knew. testimony yeah the,
2: the second thing i would say and it's again it's a clue it's not a it's not a principle that's yeah. there uh although i i spend a little bit of time of it in the book is the value i call it the value of meaningful presence hmm. It's not just being present in somebody's life it's being meaningfully present that's good you know what what i when i preach on this i always talk about you know furniture is present Mm -hmm. it's there it's here yeah it's meaningful in one sense in that you can sit on it or lean on it or do but it's not meaningfully present in the sense that we often refer to as human being interaction yeah Yeah. where where you're listening where you're attentive Mm. where you're engaged in in that person's life and I think Barnabas models, certainly in the first min, uh, missionary journey, uh, uh, a meaningful presence with the life of Paul mm. that took months, maybe even years yeah. of walking around the wilderness chatting yep. uh, to the point where he knows this guy. Mm. And so he knows the trajectory that he's on. And he can see beyond the perhaps veneer of God talk mm. to heart. That's right. Uh and you
0: can and only do that in proximity in, in
2: proximity yeah. in in a meaningful relationship yeah. of presence which is something that's really that good. that is hard given we're so busy yep but it's essential it is if you if you're bringing people on to lead God's people you mm. better do your homework
0: mm-hmm. that's really good you know so
2: uh, it, it, they the people deserve that
0: that's really good
2: and and I'm not anti given giving people another chance. I'm yeah. just saying give them another chance, but you got to vet them.
0: That's really really good. You know,
2: and they have to slide into the needs of of the group. Yeah. The last thing and and then I'll uh, <laughs> shut up no, uh, great. is in Acts chapter 9 when when Barnabas intercedes for Saul in Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the sequence of events is quite interesting. Paul tries to join the church. They say no. Yeah. Barnabas intercedes. They say yes. And because of that Paul is released to minister in Jerusalem and he's so effective that they try to kill him mm. and the church has to help him escape. Wow. Well that that little sequence of events already happened in Acts chapter 9 mm-hmm. in Damascus. On the road to Damascus, he yep. encounters Once the Lord. Once he got to Damascus, he A guy called he Ananias yeah. says, no, Lord, He's like, you me. obviously don't know who this guy is, <laughs> I am Lord. praying for him. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to meet him. And Ananias yeah. basically is slamming the door shut. Yeah, that's true. Someone intercedes yeah. so that Paul joins the church in Damascus. Hmm. He ministers so effectively that the there's a murder plot meant. in his life. Yeah. And the church has to help him escape, which is why he ended up in Jerusalem knocking on the door. Hmm. So the question is, and in literature we call it synchrosis, Mm -hmm. who's in sync with whom in Acts chapter 9? And you'll find that Barnabas did for Paul in Jerusalem what God did for Paul Mm. in Damascus. Barnabas is in sync with God. Wow. And so that's the third issue I would say. That's so good. It's not just proximity. What's the pattern? And listening. It's discernment. Wow. Are you following after God? Because it doesn't matter what that person is telling you. Ultimately, what matters is, are you talking to the Lord about this person? Hmm. Are you sensing what the Spirit is saying in order to shut down or promote this Next step with this individual—that's so really good. I would say he models those practically, in in what we know of him in Acts—that's
0: amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, are, are you sad that you went second? Because I wouldn't want to follow a theologian. I was about to say like he has the whole book of Acts <laughs> memorized. Know, I, what I, do I you have even, memorized, Brent? Yeah, I have. Uh, <laughs> I have. Four Besides points, your fantasy I don't have football, three I have
1: four points. That's <laughs> uh, <was> better. <laughs> no, no I, I think from my perspective, I do come from a totally different perspective. Yeah. Is you know, from from a leadership side. Leadership is so difficult. When you're at the top of the mountain or somewhere towards the top, mm. you know, you've got this target on your back. You feel yeah. that way. Yeah. And so you want to surround yourself with people who have your best interests in mind, right? Yeah. And as you go up, the oxygen level goes down. So you mm. need people who are conditioned to be up there with you who right. are not going to freak out. So what I've learned over time in leadership is, you know, I used to be surprised when people would fail in leadership. But as I've now gotten to a place where I'm higher up, in the pecking order of things and I'm really in the in, in the sense of exo I'm at the top I can visibly see down the mountain and go yeah. these are the people who are qualified yeah. and if I put them up too high too fast they're going to fail and then that's going to be bad for them mm-hmm. and that's 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 an unfair um set of standards to put on somebody to say I need to go up the mountain when you're not ready yeah. yeah and so I'm always looking for signs that they're ready or signs that they're not ready to be able to accelerate growth or, mm. or make sure that they're qualified. They're, they, they've they gotten more time to train to go up that mountain. Yeah. But I, I think for me, if, if, if leadership was ever boiled down to one word is just consistency. Yeah. You know, if you see somebody in life and they're consistent with things, mm. consistent in being diligent in things, and they're not erratic, they haven't gone uh, rogue on anything in their relationships or in their work life, they've just... They've demonstrated they they can have bad days, but they've mm-hmm. demonstrated they're not going to change who they are in in new, right. new environments, different environments. And then back to the future part two. That's right, people. <laughs> the
0: book of Acts chapter nine or uh, back to the future part about, two. You know, he had to go back <laughs> to
1: that point in time where Biff got that uh, almanac.
0: This guy, I love it. I love and it. And
1: you know, you you see people and you can go back to the point in their life. Yeah. Where they, where they splintered off yeah. and, and they started going and, and they turned a corner and they're different. Mm-hmm. And you can't always foresee that, but you, you can in church world and corporate world, you can see a lot of times that point in time where people made a conscious decision or unconscious decision to change yeah, yeah. who the, who what got them to where they were, yeah. and they they either got too big for their you know themselves in terms of being an authentic influencer, yeah. somebody built them up way too much, and so now they're believing all the hype uh or they just got burnt out. I've yeah. seen yeah. pastors make bad decisions because they got burnt out and they didn't tell anybody yeah. and so yeah. they just are looking for. You know, sometimes when pastors have moral failures or corporate leaders, they're really looking to exit. They just don't know how to, mm-hmm. and so it's like whenever you see a cop shoot out, and the guy was already suicidal, and he just goes out, out after the cops and gets shot anyway. Mm-hmm. He wants to go out no matter what. <laughs> sometimes pastors or corporate leaders are in that situation. So I'm always trying to figure out if if people are in those zones, right. Yeah. To stop that almanac moment where they 're going to explode mm-hmm. it off to make sure we 're talking about real real terms. are you burnt out? are you healthy yep. you know so if you 're watching the consistency pattern of, of leadership and you 're seeing people 's lifestyles and they're and they 're demonstrating that they have the capacity to take on more, I love giving them more mm-hmm. I love it. And but I'm also one of those leaders that's very quick to say you're not ready yet mm-hmm. and and I think that's important as you're that's developing true. people to be strong on both sides. yeah
0: well that's what I was going to say is you know again, scripture can't give every detail or it would be you know the book would be millions of pages long. but we don't know how quickly um, Paul was given. It's not like he came to Antioch and the very next day they sent him to, to plant Corinth or Ephesus. That's right. Yeah. Like there was a season there of, we don't know exactly how that looked, but we do see, as you said, when they went to the city, it seemed as though he was giving Paul the forefront to lead while he was there. That's right. So it's not like he just said, you go up there, I'm staying here. There was a season of, I'll do it, you watch. Yeah. Let's do it together. You do it, I'll watch. Now you go out and do it by yourself. Yeah, you it,
2: it's side by side. That's right. It's it's nearly like what we would call a mentor mentee, yes. which which is a meaningful relationship, yeah. right? It's a it's a meaningful presence relationship, and I mean, I love what. Brent just said two things, number one. The Back to the Future part two. He, oh, that, I love it. <laughs> he, that is one of my points because yeah. as a preacher, I don't know if you have the same struggles. Like I, I'm okay with the text and understanding what How the scriptures mean. How do I make it mean. practical? Yeah. How do I help my audience <laughs> yeah. see it through their world? Yes. And so I'm going to be calling you up for we'll illustrations that. that's and ideas. That's, I, have that's a, I have a deep
1: library of movie <laughs> quotes and movie uh, you know, <laughs> scenes I can bring to the but forefront. But the second
2: thing, which I think is very important, is w- what you just described. There was meaningful experience helps you be able to discern and detect readiness Mm. you know patterns you know you've you've wisdom comes from time right maturity comes with a combination of time and lived experience and scriptures truth and and that's what that's what you're getting at i can talk all day about meaningful presence but meaningful experience is huge And it taps into what you asked earlier about what age was Barnabas because mm-hmm. it seems like this guy's a seasoned human being mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. seen a lot and mm-hmm. knows the human heart and how it works as well as what could happen with the gospel. Yep. And and that's m- that meaningful experience that he has. I think he, he basically positions it toward people. And of course, in this case, John Mark and yeah. Paul are his protégés yep. and look who they become. So. Yeah.
1: I have off- So this is your show. I'm not I'm going to ask this question, but I asked this question to Jack Deer, who was also from DTS a long time ago. This was 20 plus years ago. My wife, Stephanie, worked for him. And we were having dinner one night. And I said, can you tell me why uh, the couple that didn't give in the Bible immediately died? Yeah. And there were other situations in that early church where there was such a, uh, a outpouring of miracles hmm. and then a very quick... Let's let's end any kind of sin happening. Yeah. Uh, so when did that stop? Like, where 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 are we today where there is and it, what Jack told me was that the, the spirit was so strong and heavy in the early church movement to build that up that there was there was no tolerance at that time for deviation from what God was doing. Mm-hmm. The, the, there was the the level of concentration of what was happening there. There was just no. There was no room for there to be a sin as 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 egregious as what had happened. You know various parts yeah. of of Acts, um, and as I process the Bible as I read it, and I see the miracles and what happened in the early church, and I process what's happening today, and I think everyone's craving that same level of miracle or mm-hmm. you know seeing God move to to have a. Saul to Paul type experience. Yeah. Wouldn't everyone love to experience God in that moment? But he did something different back then that hasn't really ever been replicated today. Mm-hmm. And how do how do we process what God did then versus what he could do today in, in terms of not equal, but similar s- style of, of inspiring a Barnabas, right? So, yeah. I mean, he was moving under the spirit in such a heavy way that Maybe there are people out there that it's same thing, but it feels different. So I don't, I don't know how to ever explain that. But I would love to know from a theological yeah. background. Yeah, I was
0: just splashing around in the shallow end, and Brent was like, "No, we're going. We're going to it, jump right in the deep. We're going to go into the deep end." Yeah. <laughs> but,
2: I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, I certainly think there, there are more Barnabas-like people around in the early and middle and late and contemporary church than the Pauls who can mm-hmm. call a miracle down on a, a cripple man's life mm-hmm. and bring in... him shadow heals right. people <laughs> yeah. because because often those more spectacular manifestations of the power of God in in the Gospels and Acts tend to be a a, a way of authenticating the Gospel's authority and message, uh, but as as the Gospel spreads and as the as the church grows and as the canon of Scripture is established and set for us, I think there is a, a shift in, in what the Spirit might do, where there is an established church and where there is the gospel and the Scriptures. So I'm not speaking to maybe the jungles of the Amazon. I'm speaking to maybe Western mm-hmm. world today. Sure, uh, But I think what's really... <laughs> What's really miraculous is in the ordinary, right? I mean, it's the fact that Barnabas is willing to put his arm around John Mark mm-hmm. and sail off to Cyprus, as Acts 15 tells us, and we never hear of him again, mm. that I think is is miraculous. Mm. Here's a guy who embraces anonymity, embraces obscurity, Yeah. Uh, for the Lord Jesus Christ, and that to me is a, a miracle of the work of God and the ego of a human heart, mm-hmm. right? That that can that can tame it, that can redeem it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's that's beautiful. Uh, but I do think there are lots of manifestations today. We we just we just don't know. Maybe we're not.
1: I guess because they died just instantly, right? They held back their yeah. their giving. And it was like you're done, right?
2: Yeah. Like, well, it's like, most interesting because well,
0: more preachers don't preach that sermon. Well, can, well, I, tithe can I if you, you don't know, tithe?
2: Can I, can I <laughs> preach a little mini sermon sure on you that? Can. Uh, if, if, because here's because Barnabas is connected to this. Mm-hmm. And in Acts four thirty two to thirty five, there's a little what we call a little progress report mm-hmm. on the early church. So everything's really bad outside. Everybody's anti the church, yep. but then we get a little window into the early church. And it says that they were one in mind and they were giving and they loved one another. And then as a part of that section, Luke gives us two examples of two types of Christians inside that church. And the first example is Barnabas. Mm -hmm. That's how we're actually introduced to Barnabas. Hmm. He's the guy who's called Joseph, who sells a bit of land because there are needs in the church. And he brings the proceeds of it to the feet of the apostles for the use of the church. The second example is Ananias and Sapphira. Mm -hmm. And and it's intentionally placed alongside each other because Ananias and Sapphira also are members of the church. They also have land, Mm -hmm. they also sell the land, and they also bring the land to the apostles. But the difference between them is that one is genuinely generous, the other one's pretending to be generous. Mm And attention. God's not going to have that yeah. to get attention, mm-hmm. to get they recognition in the church. I guess, my, I guess the big question
1: got. is: if Jesus Christ died and there's grace, why is that? Why weren't they given grace? Why did they just instantly? That—that's that, my point. Is yeah. that there was no room? Oh no! For I, any yeah. out, you know, stepping out of line at that moment in time, it was. It was not just one of them had a stroke, but both of them. That's right. <laughs> had
2: a, yeah. Had a... no, I think it's very much a, a lesson from the Lord on you're not hoodwinking me. Yeah. Mm. You're not going to pretend to be in this community in this birthing church because it was I so don't knew. sanction. Yeah. Because
0: it was so the beginnings of the planting of the church. It was so vital that some, maybe some of those lessons were. God was like, no, we're we're just getting this thing started. We're going to start it right again. I'd right. love to be part of the, the
1: conversations around the room. It's like, all right, we're good. We gave everything. We're, good. we're good. Yeah. <laughs> not we're not stepping out of line. We're yeah. right. So they send the offering plate around again. Exactly. Bring you uh, guys, see so, what happened.
0: No, I love what you said while ago about the the we have miracles all around us. We just may not earlier. You said something to the effect of there's still manifestations of of of, of those things. I, one of my favorite books of the Bible is is Nehemiah. And in my book that is going to launch, whenever it's going to launch, beginning of the year 24, I I write one of my chapters. I write about this about how Nehemiah was one of the only books in the Bible. There was no miracles. It's just a group of people that felt called by God to go and rebuild something they didn't break. They didn't tear down the wall. They didn't do it. But it's not like God, you know, built the wall for them or put it put. They had to physically bend down, pick up things that had been shattered, put it back together. And it's a powerful story about how a mir- and it, at the end of it, they said that they built this thing back in 50 some days and it was a miracle. And, and, but, it, but it's not because God did it. It's because God inspired a group of people uh, to go and rebuild something they didn't break, which was miraculous in and of itself. But it wasn't because God did the work for them. God did the work through them and I think there's something pretty special about that that yeah, and in the of and mockery, yes legal distractions threats, right? yes get legal from yes yes by, you know, of their stuff yeah right? I mean, to hard. where they have to do it with a shovel in one hand and a sword in the other like yeah, I mean, that, it, the fact that they did that God did that to them I mean, as they true God yeah. so when they had other options they
2: might have had headed back there 100% and?
1: He was living the life, yep. Yeah, uh, and lived a, a lovely, happy, yep.
2: pre golf retirement. I don't know what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? He could have done all totally of it. Totally could have. But, but he didn't. And, yep. And part of it is because when we get it, it started his heart was broken. Yep. Because that wasn't just a bunch of broken walls. Because that was walls that represented the recognition. That's right. Of in the world? That's right. It, broke,
0: that his not it broke his it heart. That broke his heart and I th- and i think that's at the heart of every leader there's something about the organization they're leading the ministry they're leading that um it's like whenever god called zerubbabel to rebuild the temple it says that the lord sp- it says the lord sparked the enthusiasm of zerubbabel and jeshua and there's something about that spark that when there's a spark that, that it becomes the calling that i'm going to do this come hell or high water you know in Nehemiah, that Sam Ballot, all of them came after them. And they could have been like, God, you won't even protect us from them. And our enemies are attacking us. And we're trying to do a work for you. And the enemy's attacking us. And we're having to stash, station people at the weak points of the wall and fend, fend for ourselves. But there was no miracles. But something really beautiful happened anyways. And I think that that's how ministry can feel sometimes. You feel like You feel like God should be doing more for you. You wish God or you pray God would work a miracle. But even when he doesn't, because of what God's calling us to do, turns out we're the miracle.
2: Yeah, that's right. It requires faith yes. and daily dependence
0: upon God yeah. to build a wall day in, day out. Yep. I go back to Noah. I mean, couldn't God have given him a ready-made super yacht yeah. and saved him? Or a power saw or something. I, that's right. <laughs> I mean, but he didn't. Yeah. He, he chose to to
2: work in the ordinary. Yep, that's uh, right. But alongside of, yep. uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe seeing Ananias and Sapphira as immediate discipline of the Lord or, or a crippled man walk again, mm-hmm. now inscripturated in the scripture, should be enough for us to go, I don't mess with God, mm. and my God can do anything, rather than trying to look all
0: day for the spectacular in our yep. own environment. You know, well, Shadrach, Meshach, and Medigo, even if he doesn't. Even if he doesn't. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, it. we're still going to go through. We're still going to rebuild this wall. We're still going to plant this church. We're still, gonna we're, we're still we're going to, to re-lead marriage right. We're here to do it. That's right. We're here to do it. That's so good. Well, thanks, guys. This has been fun. A lot of time has passed. This is longer than our average podcast, but I'm glad. It was good. It was good content. So uh, thank you both for being on. Thanks so much. So... Uh, Brent, thank you, mm-hmm. love you, brother. Um, to all of our watchers, listeners, I'm holding this book up for our, our YouTube audience. Uh, this is a book you need to get, Dr. Jonathan Murphy. Uh, you need to check this book out, it's an amazing book, so, so go pick it up today, Authentic Influencer. Uh, thanks for watching, thanks for, for being a part of this community. Uh, if you haven't already, go to re you can subscribe there for all kinds of content. You can pay a little extra and get con- even more content, even more access to me and the lead- what we're doing here at, at, uh, at ReLeader. So love you guys so much. Don't forget to subscribe to uh, your podcast platform. Like, put it on social media. Help us spread the word. Love you guys so much. Until next time.